0: You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host Rhonda. Today's topic, we have yet another Reset. Today's topic is the 1896 reset of St. Louis. What inspired this video, uh, now I am on the lookout since our uh, first video, and this may become a series. I, I It appears that this will become a series that we did last week about the uh, 1913 reset of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I was watching another gentleman's video and he was talking about the World Fair in St. Louis. And he mentioned in that video, he did a great job, had great pictures, which really captured my interest. Uh, But what sparked my attention when he said there was a great cyclone, i.e. tornado, they used to call tornadoes back in the day, cyclones, of 1896 in St. Louis. I said, wait a minute, reset. So we're going to look at St. Louis history from an architectural standpoint back in the day and talk a little bit about this 1896 cyclone. So let's uh, start with the 1896 cyclone. Let me use use a little use a little bit of uh, technology here. Okay, uh, so we're going to start with Wikipedia. Uh, 1896 St. Louis East St. Louis tornado. Okay, uh, the 1896 St. Louis, East St. Louis Tornado was a historic tornado that caused severe damage to downtown St. Louis, Missouri. See if they show a pic there. Oh, they're showing a new stuff. East St. Louis, Illinois. That one still kills me, you all. East St. Louis, Illinois. That, that to this day, still gets me... Um. When I first went away to school, I went away to school right on the border of East St. Louis, so we had a lot of East St. Louis folks go to this particular college. And um I just that always tickled me that they were from East St. Louis, but it was still considered Illinois and Real cool people, real down-to-earth people, and the uh, the dudes were, I mean, country with a K, okay? So this back up in the day, y'all, uh, had they gold teeth, very, very Southern. I was only used to seeing people with gold fronts in the South, okay? Not up North, okay? I'm from the South, but grew up up north. So that just kind of tickled me. And um, a lot of the dudes were very gang written. And I'm like, what? Now I know growing up in Chicago, folks like you can't really talk with the vice lords and the disciples. Yeah, I understand all of that. But if I remember correctly, they had like a gang flare close to that of L.A., Um, but nonetheless, they were still really cool people. The dudes were really cool down to earth, uh, just like Southern people in in general. But that tickles me to this day. East St. Louis is really Illinois. I'm like, okay, whatever y'all confusing me. Sorry to get off track. All right. So severe damage to downtown St. Louis, Missouri, East St. Louis, Illinois, and surrounding areas on Wednesday, May 27, 1896. One of the deadliest and most destructive tornadoes in U.S. history. This tornado was most notably a major tornado outbreak across the central United States, which produced several other large, long-track violent tornadoes and continued across the eastern United States the following day. Okay, the St. Louis tornado killed at least uh, 255 people, injured over 1,000 others, and caused more than $10 million in damage, equivalent to $311 million in 2020. More than 5,000 people were left homeless and lost all of their possessions. The hardest-hit areas of the cities were the fashionable... Lafayette Square Child, shut your mouth. Compton Heights neighborhoods. Mm, that's interesting. Compton Heights, huh? As well as the poorer Mill Creek Valley. It remains the third deadliest tornadoes in the United States history. All right, so let me see what I want to go through. Um, Okay, I don't know St. Louis like that. Um, Good enough to know the streets and all that, so I'm not going to go through uh, what specific areas in St. Louis. It hits those of you that live in St. Louis or, or that's where your people them from. Y'all would would know that. So let's um, go to St. Louis, East St. Louis Tornado. The tornadoes spawned from the other supercell touched in St. Louis, Missouri, then one of the largest, most influential cities in the country. It was one of at least 18 tornadoes to occur on that day. Hmm. Hmm. And it quickly became the third deadliest, as well as the most co- costly, in the U.S. Okay, we talked about that. Um. And it traversed the core of the downtown area, leaving a uh, continuous one-mile swath of destruction uh, of homes, schools, saloons, factory mills, churches, parks. In railroad yards, in uh, Wake, a few of the destroyed homes were all but but completely swept away. Numerous trees were down at the 36-acre Lafayette Park. Okay, so I'm pulling up, uh, showing a little insert picture of Lafayette Square. (sighs) <sighs> child, this looks like a um, recent picture, but you could tell those are old, structured buildings, and it looks like a well-to-do area today. Child, let's go. And a barometer recorded a drop of 26.7 in height at this location. Chow. child. Okay, so we not go. They talked about the uh, death toll. Is that in the third? Um, let me see what else we want to go over on this. I think I think that's all we want to go over on this one. Uh, let's see. Okay, I do want to do this long term impact. The May 27, 1896 St. Louis tornado was the most devastating known in the United States up to that time. Approximately 12,000 buildings were seriously damaged, valued in excess of $10 million. In wake of the highly sensationalized local, national, and international news coverage of the tornado, over 140,000 sightseers flocked to inspect the damaged areas. The cyclone permanently altered. The cyclone permanently altered the course of residential, commercial, and industrial development in the most heavily damaged areas of the city, though undamaged areas were not uh, affected. So, In my opinion, this was one of the resets, okay? Political reverberation came in the city in 1897 city election when middle-class reform candidates were decisively defeated by a coalition supported largely by German vote in heavily impacted neighborhoods. Okay, well, whatever, I don't care about that. Alright, so let's see uh other another tornado that um I wanted to kinda get a gist of whatever what, blah, 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 what other tornadoes hit St. Louis. Um okay, we know about this one that we're talking about now, which is eighteen ninety-six. Then they said it won hit in uh, 1871. Okay, so that was before 1871, before 1896. Then one in 1904, then 1927. uh, Because they they talk about the uh, 1927. That was another big one. So I say this 1927 one... Uh, was another clean up of the previous resets. Okay. Now those of you that um, follow the mud flood community, and I even pointed it out before, we're in the uh, old school movie. Me, movie, meet me in St. Louis there is a scene at the very end of the movie where they are talking about the St. Louis World Fair. And one of the babies in that scene said she remembers when that area was covered with mud and it was horrible. And they were digging dead bodies out of the mud. It was a lot of water. And then when the water receded. Now of course she didn't say receded. I'm um saying. Just paraphrasing what the baby was saying. In the movie. Okay. When the water receded. It was a bunch of mud. And they were pulling dead bodies. Out of the mud. And it was horrible. Okay. I.E a mud flood. So that had to have taken place prior to the World Fair, which was in what? I think it was in 1903 here. I would have to look it up. 1903 or either 1906. Okay. And so they all, she said, oh, it's so beautiful. Matter of fact, that little girl in that movie was Judy Garland. She was a youngin. That was Judy Garland talking, describing a mud flood reset in St. Louis in the old school movie "Meet Me in St. Louis." Is at the very end of the movie, where the family is at the St. Louis World Fair, and she said, "Oh, I hope they don't tear it down. It's so beautiful." And the grandpa said, they better not. Okay? So the point I'm making is that the, ba- the baby in the movie, which was uh, Julie Gar- uh, Judy Garland as a, a little young girl, was describing a mud flood slash reset event. And so now we have at least two events prior to that World Fair that they are telling us about disaster events. One they said was a tornado in 1871, and then what the other one is this 1896 cyclone, i.e., tornado, which the 1896 one they said was huge. Okay. So the point of all of this, a reset clearly occurred in St. Louis. Now, you could say this is my opinion. I'll say it's my opinion. I'm going to stick with my opinion based on the way these dates slash events are lining up and based on the architecture. It appears to me, a reset. All right. Now, what we don't know is when the major. Okay. So let's get into uh, some of the disaster pictures from the tornado of 1896. So let's get into that. Okay, Um, this is from the St. Louis Public Library. Let me make sure I am recording. Yep, I mysteriously got knocked off. (laughs) So this is my second time re-recording half of this. Okay, so this is from the St. Louis Public Library library. Uh, The SLPL.org. This is the Great Cyclone of 1896. Uh, So we talked about most of this before, uh, about uh, how the tornado came through and the damage that was done. Uh, So I'm not going to read this top part of this. So... With that said, let's uh, look at some of these pictures. Uh, This particular picture, just to show you uh, how people, they say people from around the country, after this tornado hit, people around the country came through and uh, took pictures. And this isn't a picture. Obviously, this is something that was drawn by uh, Harper's Weekly out of New York, all right? So, um, all right, Harper. Okay, so Harper did do a few little pictures, okay? um, I'll skip around on that one, okay? So they did a little bit more pictures, okay? All right, so let's get into Lafayette Square. So those of you from St. Louis, y'all know where this location is. Uh, It appears that this is a well-to-do area. Not sure if it's still well-to-do. The powerful tornado made a direct hit on the Lafayette Square neighborhood. This photograph from the local photography studio of Julius Gross shows that the total loss of trees in Lafayette Park Damaged homes on Lafayette Square surrounding the park can be seen in the distance, okay? So let me blow this up for you all. So you all can see the uh, tornado came through and demolished these trees, but you can see back in the back, you see all of these beautiful buildings back there, okay? And so they were saying the park itself did not recover for many decades, all right. So Compton Heights. Hmm. That kind of threw me that they has have a Compton Heights cuz I think of Compton the neighborhood Compton in California. Okay? So as you can see, uh Compton how this area the tornado they said came through and tore it up. Okay? Now notice seems still a little off to me because why are people all dressed up to come and look at a disaster? And I see these muddy streets and I also see horses and carriages. So I don't know. I'm not sure if the people dressed up... uh, This lady has on a shawl and everything, honey. Seems like a stage photo session to me. Okay. Here is another Lafayette uh, home. This is homes, plural. And this is Lafayette and Ohio Avenues. Okay. Again, he's as Grandma would say, casket sharp. To look at remains, just seems a little staged photo to me, but nonetheless, you see the damage done. Okay, so we're just going to go through some more of these photos. So this is just another picture of that same Lafayette view they're seeing looking west. Okay, so this one is the northeast entrance. You blow this up to the park. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> these columns or the entrance to the park, that seems old worldish to me. Okay, you see the trolley tracks? So, obviously, they had an electric trolley, but yet here you have horses, horse and carriages. And then you see, and this man is posed up against this pole with the metal ball on top, probably a mercury ball uh, with some type of, Technology that maybe probably powered the electric streetcars, but nonetheless, he seems pretty dressed up. Okay, and you're gonna see a reoccurring theme where the technology of the buildings do not match these horse and carriage carriages and the people being dressed up like they going to church does not match the scene either. It sounds pretty photo op-ish to me. Okay, so where is this set? Okay, so this is <coughs> excuse me. The view of Mississippi Avenue and it and it also trips me out fam how These different places in the states are named after other states. So we done seen Ohio Ave. Now this is Mississippi Ave. We done seen Compton. (sighs) Chow. Same people renaming the same areas. Uh, But let's continue. Nonetheless, this is the Mississippi Avenue view of the damage that was done from, uh, okay, and they said this is uh, looking south, this, this view of Mississippi Avenue looking south from its intersection with Park Avenue vividly shows the extent of the devastation. Okay. All right, and there you see, again, blood with the horse and carriage uh, I don't know what he has on there, but yet you have these muddy streets. But you can see that these streets, if you look closely, that is an electric rail cart. Okay? So this horse and carriage, this is me, does not match having electric rail carts. Now, that's just me. And it doesn't match these buildings. So let's see what else they got to say. Which one is this one? Uh, Harold Livery. This is still Park Avenue family. Remember, this is 1896. Um, and again, you could clearly see that they had electricity. Okay, And if you look at uh, the building, the largest building on this street, uh, it looks like they also have some sort of tech with the metal mercury ball on it, representing ancient tech. Okay. And so uh, they also were saying that they had a... um, People's Railway Ra- Rail Company Power. So that's that building right, right here that says Hero Livery Company. Okay, so let's see. So remember, we're still in Lafayette Square. We've seen this picture. Okay, so again, these people are sharp. Okay, and maybe they just, every time people went out, they just dressed up you know, post-disaster and all. Maybe they just dressed up and I'm just reading into it too much. Just seems a little odd to me. Okay. Um, So this is um, Allen Avenue looking west from Jefferson Avenue. Okay. Right. So again, you see the devastation Okay. Uh but you see this gentleman here he dressed regular to me. He's dressed dressed down per se. So he is dressed down. Okay? All right. True tr- clearly you can see where they had electricity. All right? And isn't it odd that this was in 1897? And we can drive down the street or walk out our front door and still see this same looking electricity pole. Child, I can't. (laughs) Let me keep on. So, where is this located? This is that, okay, this is still Allen and Ohio Ave. Ooh, this is really, that's really a lot of destruction. Okay, but there you see horse and carriage again. Wow. Okay. Okay, so this is uh, the Lafayette Park with its heavy roof thrown to the ground. So remember, this storm is 1897. But look at the architecture at this park. So this roof... You see the metal ball, you see the dome, you see the metal ball. So since they said it's heavy, I am assuming it's a lot of metal in this structure. And I am assuming, based on our research from old world tech and the uh, technology, the free energy technology that Tesla was testing that they say he invented, and I don't believe he invented, he was just re-engineering old world technology. He was using the same setup with the metal ball and antenna. And then if you look at the steps to the park, they look like um, either some sort of, uh, maybe the steps are marble, or maybe this whole thing is just, Concrete or either way, concrete or marble or stone, it is built extremely well. Okay, so let's see. All right, so that was Lafayette Square. So let's go to some residential pictures. Now, this one is called the Cracker Castle, this mansion built by Jonathan O. Pierce in the 1860s. Now, y'all do realize the 1860s was the Civil War, right? So you minx to tell me, you minx to tell me that this mansion was able to be built during a Civil War? Oh, okay then. And I have a picture of this mansion, and I'm going to show you later to its, uh, that'll show you all of its glory. So they're claiming that this was built in the 1860s during the Civil War now, was nicknamed the Cracker Castle because Pierce's fortune came from part ownership of a business that supplied crackers and hard tech to soldiers during the Civil War. Th- don't none of that even sound right, but okay located at the corner of Chateau Chateau and Saint Saint Ang Avenues it was struck by lightning and one of its towers was hurled away during a terrible tornado it was damaged beyond repair and demolished uh-huh so let's blow this up and later on you're going to see the full picture before it was damaged Now, just just remember, this was built during the Civil War as he made profits off of the Civil War. Scratch head, scratch head, blink 75 times. That doesn't add up. Let's continue, okay? So these are residential we're looking at at this point. Uh, This is uh, Rutgers Street and... Solar area. I don't know where that's at. I'll blow it up so you can see it. But whoo, that's a lot of destruction, fam. Oh man, they saying tornado. Ah, it's it's possible. It's it's very possible, but oh child. I don't know. I don't know. Let's continue. Okay, uh along with Lafayette Square, the solar neighborhood sustained the heaviest damage from tornadoes. So let's blow this up again. What area did they say that is? Oh, they just said along Lafayette Square. Okay, so again, you got the horse and carriage. You got people standing looking at the damage. Um, I don't know, family. It just it just seems off. But you can see these particular street, this particular street, you can see um the electric car rails and you can see that it's brick, right? Okay. People on foot and in horse drawn vehicles view the devastation. Let's continue. Okay, so this is Accomac Street between California and Oregon. Honey, these streets named after these different states. Uh, this is Fox Park neighborhood, those of you from St. Louis. Okay? And these streets look muddy. And there you go you see the horse and carriage again. It's just to me family. This is just me. It's these people seem out of place. They just seem out of place to me. Let's keep going. Uh what area is this Compton Heights? Neighborhood was laid out in 1889 was an early planned residential development. Its streets gently, carved gently around the landscape uh, areas in a deliberate change from the traditional grid pattern and are named for important literary figures. Many of the upper class homes built their lost walls, roofs to tornadoes. So let's blow this up. Okay, so you can see the devastation of this particular home. If you look on top, there's the old world tech with the metal ball, more than likely mercury with the antenna to bring natural electricity to this home. Okay, pulling it from the ethers. Okay, And then you can see uh, right beside it, another home, right? But yet, oh, and y'all see the sidewalks now. Let's peep game. You see the curved sidewalks. Remember, this is 1896. But yet, these streets look muddy. And there goes the what? The infamous horse and carriage. Okay, we're going to see reoccurring themes in these pictures, family. Okay, so where is this at? So this is uh, the north end of Oregon Ave, probably between Compton Heights. Okay, so let's see. Let's blow this one up. Okay, you see the muddy streets? Uh, This just... I don't know, fam. This looks stage. You see the people standing there, you see dudes standing there. Muddy streets. Uh these trees look relatively new and they were bent to the side also. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Okay, uh this is Compton Heights neighborhood again. Um, that they were saying it was laid out in 1889, and again, I'm saying all of this stuff is a lot older than what they're saying. Okay, because remember this was 1896. Now, you see, and this is the first time. Notice the um, what they're calling the electric line poles. That's the first time I've seen them look like this. I've never seen them look like this. They're actually quite attractive. Okay, so you see the devastation of this home where the little uh, dome thingy on this home done fell out. Looked like the roof uh, were taken out on a couple of them. You all see the muddy streets. You see clearly running down the middle of this street are um, what you call it? The electric car railroad tracks. But you see these sidewalks, right? They're pristine clean. Okay. So you could tell this is a well to do neighborhood. And then you can also see these people that are in this photo. To me, they look out of place. That's just to me. They look out of place. And they are dressed regularly. But let's continue. All right. Uh, where are they seeing this? Okay. So here they're seeing the cleanup is uh, underway in this view of 8th and Rutgers Street in the Solar neighborhood. Okay. So I'll blow this up. Okay. So, do... You can see, okay, like, at least they showing them doing some work, okay? And then I don't know if that's they boss me dressed up uh, clean as the board of health, <laughs> as my grandmother would say. So I don't know what they there for. Seems like they're there for a photo op for me. But you can see the devastation in the back. Oh, that's interesting. I'm looking up here. That that where that fireplace is. There's a door. Okay, so what was back there, child? This is interesting. These were some well built structures. For it to be 1896. This is old world stuff, family. Okay, so let me just check to make sure I'm still recording. Yes, I am. Okay, so again, this is the Compton Heights neighborhood. Let's blow this up again. Where they say it's at. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, Compton Heights neighborhood. Okay. All right. You know what, family? I, this these have to be with these horse buggy stuff. They somebody staged these photos. To always have a horse and buggy carriage. And y'all would have been better off leaving that out because this horse and carriage don't match these beautiful buildings and the electric cars that was running up the street. So then maybe y'all put it there for us to say that don't match. Okay, but nonetheless, this is another picture they're saying of the 1896 tornado destruction in the Compton Height neighborhood. I don't know if that neighborhood still exists in St. Louis. Okay, so this is um, apartments that were damaged in Al- on Allen and Ohio Aves. This is still Lafayette Square in the Rich Folks area. Okay. Once again, you see electricity poles laying flat to the ground. You see um, dirt road, okay? I see roads like that in the country, and, and literally the country, today ain't really the country no more. You really got to go out to the country to see dirt roads nowadays, okay? But there we go. Without missing, they go to horse and carriage, but that don't match these electricity poles and these buildings, these structures. It does not match it. Okay. All right. So, let's see here. So, this is between, this is on um, Rutgers Street between 7th and 8th. And this is in the solar neighborhood. Let me blow this up. Okay, so. That's a lot of destruction. Now, I do have to say these houses own. The left, they do kind of seem, they don't seem as old world. They seem kind of rickety to me from the little start. (laughs) That's just to me compared to the one across the street, the brick one. Okay. But again, I see people standing around in suits. I see some people not in suits. Um...
1: Matter of fact, there's a lot of
0: people on this street, so I don't know. Either this was a stage photo op or this was after the fact and people coming around to view the damage. I don't know, fam. Okay, but yeah, this was tore up for sure. All right, so one last one.
1: Uh, What street
0: is this? Uh so okay, I don't know what street this is. Oh, this is still Rutgers Street. Okay, but they're trying to show you the uh refrigeration company. If you look way up in the back,
1: there's a refrigeration
0: company. It looked like that building, brick building, was pretty big. Um, you see it's still standing. But you see uh, something, the roof got blue all the way down the street. But what's interesting about this, The tornadoes can sometimes do that. Skip over stuff, because I'm looking at this utility, all these utility poles still standing. Okay.
1: And then you also see
0: on this one, you see, if you look on the ground, you see the um, electricity cars. Uh, railway is what I'm trying to say. Okay. All right. So you do have people dressed for the most you have people dressed regularly on, on that picture.
1: Okay, so we're just
0: gonna real quick look at some businesses. Um that was destroyed. Uh, this is Rutgers Street.
1: Okay, so they look like the same view that we had saw
0: before. We're not going to go through all of these. Um, What are they saying this business is? I don't know what they saying this business is. Oh, a central garden. Okay, it don't look gardenish to me, but okay. But look at the metal fence on this building structure. Baby, that metal fence is everything. You know how much money you would have to pay today
1: to get a metal fence. And it's
0: still not going to be as heavy and as boss as that is.
1: But just to
0: show you how well built these structures were. Okay. And they had um, sidewalks. You, You look down. And then you You can see see the streetcar, electric streetcar was running through this too. All right. So I'm going to jump around. I'm not going to go through all of these. Where are they saying this? Oh, that's the uh, tobacco. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. What's this one? Stables on Jefferson Street funeral and, a, and bombing hey that was hit pretty hard but there you go you see the horse the, the carriage this time they don't have the horses but they never they never miss and i don't even know these may have been even electric no they not because i see this one uh have the spot to put on the little horsey but they never miss And I'm sorry, horse and carriages do not match up with these buildings and these electric cars running down the middle of these. Okay, this is the gas and light plant. Ooh, chow. So y'all see this bit? Let me blow this up so you all can see it, fam. So
1: this big old uh,
0: concoction in here for gas and light. That's interesting within itself. Hmm. Okay. All righty. And what's this one?
1: Okay, this blew away the second
0: story. Okay, and then they said broken carriages. Okay. You can see this. Okay, and then let's see what this last one is. What is this?
1: Okay, okay so they, they said
0: solar market established in eighteen forty one is one of the oldest surviving open air farmers market in the country. shall, I let's blow this up, okay, so. I can't see this structure to make it out, but it survived the tornado. Shoot, that's pretty a pretty fancy fancy farmers market.
1: That's like something
0: you know they have today in the cities, where they take some of them old warehouses and turn it into a farmers market. Ciao. okay then Hey, sorry for the folks that lost their lives in this little location all right so let's get to the, the uh, streetcars
1: all right so this
0: uh we've seen this image before this is the union depot powerhouse i'll blow it up Whew. that's a lot of destruction fam Notice the horses and stuff down there, right? Dang, now this this stuff is tripping me all the way out. So uh this is just another view of that Union Depot Powerhouse, but notice again you see the streetcars, rail tracks. Ooh, child. All right. Just more destruction this one y'all see that rail car that was all this is a rail car all the way up here so let's just read what they have to say um it says the tornado devastated this area of jefferson ave just west of lafayette park the buildings on the right is the streetcar shed of the people's railway company one of over a dozen privately owned rail companies that served the St. Louis at the time. One car can be seen on the unroofed second floor. So that's over here. It seems to be car 12 of the 4th and Chateau line. The words 4th and Chateau can be seen on its side and some of the words on its roof line Seem to be stops on this line, such as the Iron Mountain Depot, Lafayette Park, and Shaw's Garden. The People's Railway Company's offices were at 18th Street and Park Avenue on the east side of Lafayette. Okay, so there you go. Shad. Okay, and so what is this? Um, it says the Union Depot Railway. It was one of the largest of dozens of so privately owned rail street cars companies um, serving St. Louis in the eighteen nineties. Oh, curtains were sucked out of the headquarters. Located at the corner of Missouri and Geyer Avenues. Okay, so let's just blow it up and look at the building. Okay, or the buildings. Mm. That's interesting. You can see the, the buildings right next to them. Very Interesting. Okay, so let's see the other part. Uh, What is this? This is Christopher and Simpson, Architectural Iron and Foundry Company. This is located on Park Ave between 8th and 9th Street. An overturned streetcar is seen at center right and the iron pillars for buildings that this company made can be seen on the ground on the left. Okay so okay I see the streetcar turned over. Mm, mm, mm. Okay so if you look at the ground here you see uh the brick streets. Yeah fam this this is all old world. Okay so let's look at the churches. All right. Uh so this is uh uh, a a German goth church they talking about something it was stood up in 1875 this was on Allen Street ooh honey is that the same one? No, that's a different one okay this is a German church on 9th Street this is still Lafayette though y'all dang that one is really torn down Mm. Notice this metal pole. I believe this metal pole uh is part of that old world technology that powered these structures uh from the ethers. So grounding from the energy from the earth and the atmosphere. Okay. All right, uh, so this is another one, another church. Okay, they'll go to metal poles again. Let me blow this up for y'all. They'll go to metal poles again. Okay, so that's real. This These metal poles, I'm assuming, are old World Tech pre- the other uh, poles, electricity poles, that had the wires on it. So I believe these are older. Okay. Wow. Okay, so I'm not going to go through all of these churches. Um. This is another one. Okay. This is, yep, there's still in that, uh, Lafayette neighborhood. Uh, as you can see on this one, The roof was just um, tore off of it. Now, we know all over the U.S., y'all, let's stop even playing. Don't we see old buildings and what they're calling churches built in this same manner? Child, that stuff ain't going nowhere. You literally have to knock that down. Okay, all right, so that's another church. I'm gonna skip through this. Uh, that's another one. uh which one is this? Okay this is uh the so in the solar street or neighborhood. okay so look like the roof was tore off of this one as well but the structure is absolutely incredible. And y'all see that metal pole? Child. Yeah, I believe this was old world tech fam that was being uh, an architecture that was being knocked down and reset. Okay, so which one is this? This is the last one. So these are the Gothic styles. And they'd be claiming this stuff was built in 1875. Yeah, right. Okay. But you can see, uh, look at the top of this one. I'll blow it up. You see um, the antennas. And then you see the metal ball, and the antennas. We know that that's old world tech. And shout out to the mudflip community because they even said that those things that they are calling crosses on top of these cathedrals are not really crosses for religion, that they were really uh, technology. Okay? And they believe that these churches were used or something other than religion, that they were repurposed post reset with the new post reset population, they were repurposed as churches, but that was not their original use. Okay, so let's continue. <clears throat> All right, so now we're getting into institutions. Uh, this is the ruins of a city hospital. Okay. All right, uh, this is the same. And I, I have original, fam, I have the original pictures of these. We're going to go through those in a, in, a, in a couple minutes. This is St. Vincent's Asylum. Y'all wait till I show y'all the original picture. It is, baby, just wait. Okay. And they have to tell us unfortunately the building was empty when the tornado struck. Yeah. Okay. So uh let's see what else structures they're talking about. The Bohemian Gymnasium. Okay. I would love to work out in a uh, pretty structure like that. I bet that was the bomb, if that's what they, if that's what it really was. Okay. All right. Okay, let me just blow this up so y'all can see. Okay, look like people out there for a photo op to me. Again, a beautiful building. If it was a gymnasium, I mean, I wouldn't mind personally working out in that. It's nice. You don't need the entire building for a gymnasium, but okay. All right, so what are they saying this is? Oh, this was a uh, fire department. They are saying engine number seven. So I have nothing to compare that to because, child, it's just down. All right, what are they saying this is? This is another city hospital. Uh, And they said it was established in, uh, what did they say, 1845. Let's see here. Turn. Okay, so you see that. Can't remember if I have a picture of this one. Can't remember. Okay, what is this? Union Club Lafayette and Jefferson. Let's blow this up. Okay. I can't really tell what type of structure this was. It's so much damage okay don't know if this was an add on but that's okay let's continue what are they saying right this is the union club again says the club building was rebuilt on this site although in a different architectural style okay Let's see. And what is this? Uh, so they're saying that some children, mostly boys, stood in the rubble of Hodgins School. This public school was located at California and Lafayette Avenues, just west of Lafayette Square neighborhood. Although the wall was gone gone, the second floor rows of desks were still in place. Okay, so me with my tinfoil hat on, I'm saying, was this the reset orphan children's school that this building was repurposed? Okay. That's just me okay, but this true this building truly has uh desks set up in here, and those of us that were in elementary schools in big cities in the seventies, y'all know doggone well, some of them schools. Didn't didn't our schools look like this? These types of buildings? Okay, some of them even still had the desk in there, fam, like this. And I know y'all that lived in them big cities. I know doggone well y'all remember these radiators. Now, come on now and don't even try to play with me because I know I remember them. I remember them in the schools, and as a matter of fact, <clears throat> now that I know what I know what I know, and which makes sense why I absolutely loved that building uh growing up in the city of Chicago on the south side, we lived in an old world building. it was so old world fam that in the basement it had the the broiler. Yes, Hunty. Yes, Hunty. In the basement, it had the broiler. The old metal cast broiler. And it was in Chicago. They call them two flats. So we were on the top floor, and then our neighbors were on the first floor, and then nobody was in the basement. It had the broiler. And since we were on the top floor, um, and both of both both of the um apartments had uh back porch to them and everything. I mean, it really a beautiful building. Beautiful building. That area wasn't the hood then, it's the hood now. It was just black families, lower middle class neighborhoods with all of them old world buildings, but in between them old world buildings, you had some, um, we call them today frame houses. So meaning the houses weren't brick. But in our particular two flat, we had the broiler room and we had these radiators. I specifically remember And the radiators would do that sissy noise with the steam coming up out of them. And I'm going to tell you, that's the best heat in the world. And when we would come outside from the winter, from playing in the snow, we had to lay our clothes across there. And then when my mom got a little washing machine, she didn't have her dryer, she would lay those clothes across The radiators, I mean, absolutely drop-dead old world apartment, had three bedrooms, huge rooms, bay windows, wood floors throughout, cast iron sink. I mean, that was literally a beautiful, beautiful building. And you can tell back out in the back, it either had, um, I don't think it was a garage. But you can see it probably was a coach house. If it not, it was a garage, but it was, um, it wind up being a vacant lot for us. But I'd say it was either a coach house or a garage because some of the other buildings in the neighborhood had coach houses in the back, or a garage. Well-built buildings. And uh, we had a living room and a dining room, but the rooms were so big. Um, My mom had one area was the living room with the good furniture that you dare not go in there. You got the beat down to the sneak down to the beat down, and then the other room, she made into a, um, like a den where we watch TV, and she had like um, you know what? No, cause that bar was built in, baby. It was a wood bar built in with the mirrors in the back and everything. I'm telling you, y'all, I can remember this apartment from memory. That's how beautiful it was. And a black man owned it, too. My dad wanted to buy that building from him, honey. And he wasn't selling it. And I ain't mad at him. I'm not mad at you, bruh. You did the right thing. But that baby was beautiful. So we literally lived in the old world building. But in the uh, the living room, the radiators had that the cover over it. The pretty metal cover that goes over it absolutely drop-dead gorgeous, old-world, beautiful buildings. And in this same neighborhood, we would just, um you know, you were able to walk to school, big old, old-world buildings like this. All throughout the city of Chicago. I think Chicago is going to be next, y'all. That's gonna be the next in this uh, reset series. It's Probably gonna take me some time to get through it, <laughs> cause this took uh, took me a lot of time, fam, to pull these St. Louis pictures, cause there are so many. St. Louis has a lot of old world buildings, family. I knew Chicago did. I did not know St. Louis had so many. I know when I when I go downtown St. Louis. I haven't been in some years. They have beautiful buildings. Beautiful buildings. Okay? I remember when they were first revitalizing downtown St. Louis, they were changing it over from the hood uh basically gentrification. And I was just still impressed on how beautiful those buildings were, okay? And we're going to go through some of them today. All right, but nonetheless, y'all, those of us in the 70s and the 80s and in the 90s that went to school in these big cities, y'all come on now. I, I you know, I, I know I ain't young no more, doggone it, but I know doggone well, y'all remember sitting in these classrooms in these old buildings. And as less money that they were able to put into the inner city schools, these buildings started becoming abandoned because it took too much to repair them because these are the old world structures. Okay? So just me, I'm saying that this was repurposed. Okay? With the orphans... So these youngins down here, to me, are the reset population—probably orphans or first generation of being into uh, being in the United States post reset. Okay, so that's the last of that. So again, uh, you can get this from uh, this came from St. Louis excuse me, public library. This is from tornadoes.slpl.org. Okay, so now we're going to go to... Child, where are we fenced in a go? Um, I want to go to... All right, now I got to find my file that I have for y'all because remember, this is my second time doing half of this because an hour went missing in this vid. So hold on, fam. I got to try to find where uh, the other pictures that I want to show you. So bear with me. Hold on. All right. Here we go. Had to find it, fam. All right. Go back. Okay. So now we're going to uh, get into the uh, pictures. Let me make sure I'm recording again. Now I got to be paranoid, child since this is my second time through. Now we're going to get through uh, to the pictures of some of the standing uh, stuff pre-1896 flood. Okay, so um, I threw in just a couple of these other um, flood pictures as well. So uh, this one is the East St. Louis Riverbank, And you can see, look at this bridge. This is clearly old world. Okay. So let's continue. Okay. All right. So what's my next picture? Okay. So this just is, again, a view of, they're saying, um, during the 1896 flood just to show you another aerial view of the damage and uh, as you can see in the back you see that church with the metal mercury ball and antenna which clearly shows you old world technology okay so let's just keep going All Right? okay so uh, again just showing you some more destruction of the 1896 flood Okay. Right. And this one, we saw that one again. Okay. Let's get to this. Make sure I'm still recording. Yep. Y'all can still hear me rather. Chao and Heither Bush. Ah. <sighs> This looks like a castle to me, family. This looks castle-ish <laughs> to me. All right. So when I saw this, I said, oh, no, 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 no. Let's pull some info on anheuser Bush." So here we go. Let's go to anheuser Bush. Okay, Anheuser-Busch was founded in 1850, 1850s, okay? So that was before the Civil War, okay? Child, I can't make this stuff up. It started as a small neighborhood brewery through the combined efforts of Eberhard Anheuser, and Aldolphus, Bush, and thousands of employees. Our brewery quickly transformed from a local fixture into a national presence. Today, we employ, employ thousands of people nationwide, all united by a deep passion for bringing people together through our beloved brands and supporting the communities that we call home. So, Adolphus Bush, a German immigrant, arrived in the United States in 1857. Mm-hmm. By 1861, Adolphus had married Lily Anheuser, the daughter of a local businessman, Eberhard Eisenhower. Uh, yeah, Eisenhower. After serving in the Union Army during the Civil War, Mm-hmm. Adolphus went to work at his father-in-law's brewery and began building a brand that would become an American icon. hmm Mm-hmm. So this fam is the original pick of the Anheuser-Busch brewery. Again, it looks like a castle to me. It does not look like something that was built to manufacture beer. Okay. So, um, in the mid 1800s, the population of St. Louis exploded as a large wave of German immigrants settled in the city. So, child, as I said before, and I will continuously to say, the white population that we see today in the Americas, their families came over at a minimum of the mid-1800s through the 1900s. As immigrants, they Were or are the post reset population of the United States. Okay. One of the principal industries that Germans brought to St. Louis was brewing. (sighs) Chow. These German brewers introduce a style of beer popular in Germany, but relatively unknown in the United States. Lager beer. This is um, Eberhard Anheuser from soap to beer. Now pay attention, y'all. Eberhard Anheuser, a German soap maker who would go on to earn to own a large soap and candle company in St. Louis emigrated to Missouri in 1843. Although he had no brewing experience, Eberhard became part owner of the Bavarian and by six, I'm sorry, 1860, had bought out other investors, changing the brewery's name to E. Anheuser & Company. Okay. So you say that um, he went from candles to beer with no experience. Okay, then. Now this was the one that tripped me out, honey. Adolphus Bush, a historic partnership. Adolphus Bush was born in 1839, the second youngest of 22 children. At the age of 18, he made his way to St. Louis via New Orleans, New Orleans and the Mississippi River. I said, baby, when I first saw him, I said, you looking a little uh, mulatto-ish or biracial-ish to me. I said, but I don't want to lie up upon that man on his heritage. Cause ultimately that ain't none none to of my business, but I'm sorry he looks mulatto to me. And so when he they said he came up out of New Orleans, I said, "Hot dang, creole!" So that old world money. Let's keep reading. Adolphus began working as a clerk on the riverfront, and by the time he was 21. He had a partnership in brewing in a brewing supply business. Oh, no, honey. Adolphus is a Creole, biracial Creole that comes from old world European money, baby. And he was sent to St. Louis. By his rich family, his old world rich family members, to run the, the brewery company, okay? That's how he got the partnership. As a 21-year-old, he just didn't establish no wealth on his own about into no partnership. Who you think you trying to fool? sitting up here looking mulatto-ish with that kink in his beard and his hair. You can't fool me, baby. It was through this enterprise that Adolphus Bush met Eberhard Anheuser and his daughter, Lily. Okay, so let's go into that. So I'm not gonna go into how he met Miss Lily May. Y'all know how the elite do. See, it with the elite, it's not really about color. It's about who family you from, what's the family connections, how much business interests or connections can our families, by marrying or joining families, Become What's your pedigree? That's how the elite mate. Okay? They really don't care about oh well I'm in love with so and so. Uh and what's so and so's family? What you mean they ain't got no ends? No, you you ain't finna do that. You you finna marry Lily Mae. That's what you finna do. And you gonna go somewhere and sit down. Now, if you wanna still mess around with whoever you in love with, that's your business. That's between you, her, and Lily Mae. But you finna do this marriage, honey. We got businesses on the line. This is a part of an empire, an old world empire that we're building in the new world. Get yourself together, okay? So I believe that Adolphus is mulatto or biracial and not through no slavery crap. This is through Black European... Black nobility bloodline or either black nobility bloodline boys, somebody family member mixed with other white folks that were brought into the family, okay? So, Adolphus was able to get his position because his complexion was light enough to pass. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Pass for white. But you know us old schools. You can't fool us. And I can guarantee you, if my grandmama was the latter day, she would say, That's right, baby. You picked that one up real good. So he was passing. It wasn't he was no he came from no slaves. He came from old world money. And they paired him up with Lily Mae. Because remember, the new face of wealth was going to be and is the white face. Okay? That's part of the reset also. All right. An American icon is born. Let me make sure I'm still recording. Yeah. (laughs) Adolphus' vision and entrepreneurial mindset grew the business both in the U.S. and abroad. No small feat at the time. I know it did, boo, because you got them European old world connections. Look at the, um, what you call this, honey? Logo. The logo itself is old world like a family cross. You ain't fooling me, baby. You're not fooling me. Look at the shield that this eagle is standing on and I will have to dig it up because I forgot not forget what this means. This is old world. In 1879, the company was renamed the Anheuser-Busch Brewing Association to recognize his efforts. When Ebenhard uh, Anzenheier died in 1880, Adolphus became president of the brewery. In 1901, the company broke the one million barrel of beer sales mark for the first time, making it one of the nation's leading breweries. Okay, I don't care nothing about this. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do they say? Oh, okay. So in 1876, I didn't know Budweiser that brand went back that um far. Adolphus and his friend, Carl Conrad, created Budweiser, an American-style lager that succeeded beyond anyone's expectation and eventually became the brewery's flagship brand. Yeah, because uh, Budweiser, y'all know that European beer, honey, that beer is so heavy. Oh my God, I do not like that European beer. Beer, those of you that um, go to the true breweries, they have the different type of beers. I'm not really a beer drinker anyway, and if I do, it's light. But those old world slash European beers, baby, they heavy as a so-and-so. So, Budweiser, to me, is lighter, and then they even had to go lighter than that and uh like bud light became uh one of their top sellers too okay so even to this day if i'm going to drink beer it's going to be like a some type of light beer and bud light is cool uh or it's going to be a flavored beer that's the new new beer um but american beer is lighter than that European beer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And true hardcore beer drinkers, uh, they don't too much fool with the American stuff. Okay. Um, Okay. So I don't care about the rest of that. Okay. So I just wanted to give y'all a flavor of Anheuser-Busch and to show you how far back this stuff really goes. So... Let me get back to the body of work, all right? So this building was repurposed. This castle was repurposed, okay? Anheuser and Bush, now they are old world families whose people sent them to St. Louis to start up this beer empire in the United States. Okay. Which uh one of them, I can't remember if it was Anheuser or if it was Bush, was it is clearly to me, he's biracial. Let's keep going. Okay, what's next? <laughs> All right, so this is a St. Louis Castle. Um Clearly, Old World. I think, family, this is in the Ozark, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. So let's keep going. This is the art museum. Okay. Old World building in this Greek Roman built style. We see these same structures today all over the United States, all over the world basically but in the united states we see these buildings being restructured as some type of museum that's what be tripping me out they they repurpose not restructure repurpose these buildings as museums but these are old world structures family let's continue Okay, let's see what's next. Another St. Louis Castle. Child, I don't even know where this is at. I don't even know where it's at. Let's continue. And in very good condition. And as you can see, it even has a crest on it. Okay, okay. But whoever owns this castle today, y'all need to get these ghetto windows out of there. That looks horrible. Go on and spend a little scratch. And you put some stained glass windows in front of that. Y'all need to get this together. That's that's messing up the facade of this building. That's ghetto ties to have these aluminum-like windows in there. All right, let's keep going. All right, so this particular picture, fam, they literally just called it St. Louis before the Ark. So, or arch, sorry. I don't even know how old this picture is, fam. I really don't, but it looks really, really old. You could clearly tell these buildings are extremely old. You can see where they had electricity. They go to the electricity pole down there. And you can see the old world technology because you see this building, forefront, has the antenna on top. And then I see a, a building in the back that they would probably call a church today with the mercury metal ball on it. Okay. But again, I don't know how old this picture is. Let's continue. All right. So uh, this, they said this, the Bingham Wagner Mansion was built in 1827. Of uh, Clearly, this is a up-to-date picture. But you can see how beautiful this building is. Not building. This mansion. It is a building, but this mansion. so let's continue. Let me make sure I'm recording, honey, after all of that work I did the first time. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I just want to throw in here to show you, uh, St. Louis car company. Uh, they had horse cable and electric. Okay. I guess that can explain the horse. I'm still side-eyeing that a little bit in all of those stage-like looking pictures. Um, but just to show you, they had a, a, a thriving electric car slash coach company. and I, I actually love these electric cars. Um, I know they have one in the San Fran. They have the original looking one and also in Memphis. Um, I actually rode the one in Memphis and I so enjoyed myself. Atlanta, I know y'all put the street cars back in place. Which I absolutely love, although my nerves is bad when I have to <laughs> not gauge the traffic with them streetcars. My nerves be shot. But why didn't y'all put the old school stage uh cars in there? I don't like them new ones. I don't like them. And you need to tear up that asphalt and put them original, uh uncover them original brick streets because I know they there in Atlanta like they gonna listen. But I'm just saying, Atlanta, bring back these old ones, even if you have to retrofit it. I don't like that new crap. So let's go. Okay. This is a castle. Don't know where it's at, family. Absolutely beautiful. But the owners of this, y'all need to get it all the way together. This is Ghetto Ties. You could tell the new stuff mixed in with the old stuff. This This roof need to be restored to the original thing. Take Take these ghetto ghetto banisters banisters off there and all of these ghetto ties windows. And and you you need need to be slapped having this vinyl or whatever whatever the heck that is on there. Get it together. together.
1: But besides the the new updates
0: that that you can clearly see, the tacky new updates. updates. And you You see, see they even got this uh, gutter running down. This is really ghetto. The renovation renovation of this clearly beautiful castle structure. So whoever whoever had had this, this, obviously you can't afford it to to, uh, to restore it to its its original glory. glory. You need need to get it together. But But this is an old world castle. castle. Make no no mistakes mistakes about about it. it. Okay. Okay.
1: Let's Let's keep going.
0: another Another castle, castle. absolutely beautiful.
1: beautiful. This This is old
0: world, world, family. This This is is still still standing standing today, today. Okay. okay?
1: Hey, They need to get get it together, together too. Hopefully, I don't know
0: when this picture was taken, but having this air conditioning in the window like that, that, that's ghetto and unacceptable. unacceptable. And And then you can can see right next to it another another beautiful beautiful mansion. mansion. So So these particular particular structures, structures, family, this is is pre-Civil War. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. This castle is pre-Civil War. I'm I'm going to say both both of these are pre-Civil War. Let's continue.
1: All of it is pre-Civil War as far as I'm
0: concerned. Okay, Okay, so this is called St. Louis City and Port. Now, when I pulled this picture, uh, they said that this was a demolition. Okay, so I don't know. uh, I can't make out the name of this little bank here, but this pic, the description said it was a demolition. And, um... You see, you see the, the, the car, car here? So let's, let's say, say this is the 1920s. They just went on ahead and started tearing this down again. They were tearing down the remnants of the old world structures. Okay? Okay, let's keep going. All right. Pause this one. They claim that, honey, this is the city hall of St. Louis. Really? This seems castle-like to me. I don't know what year this was taken, fam. I think this was a postcard. So they repurposed this old world building as a castle. Okay? Now you can see these little baby trees are young, very much so young compared to this building, which has to be hundreds of years old, if not at least a thousand years old. And you can look at the top of the building and you can see the old world tech
1: on top with the antennas.
0: And you can also look at the back of the building and see other structures. But this city hall was
1: a, a castle, castle and it was, it was just repurposed. re-purposed. Okay, okay, so let's, let's continue.
0: continue.
1: Okay, okay, so, so remember, remember that castle that we saw in the
0: ruins, ruins called Cracker Castle that, castle, that they, they said Blood had dead. built? Built it did.
1: This castle.
0: Pre, no, they they didn't say say pre-Civil War. They said during the Civil War, they lied. They lied. That build, that this mansion was standing before the Civil War. They didn't build it during no Civil War. But this is the original, fam. This is the original of that castle that they claim was built during the Civil War. And, and you, you could can tell, tell that, that it's older. I don't know how old this picture is, okay? We know it was older than 1896 because I pulled this picture and labeled it before I saw the um, the flood destruction pictures from the museum. So we know that this picture is older than 1896. Look at these new trees.
1: So that tells me this mansion done been here a lot lo- longer
0: than these trees. So let's continue. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Okay, so this one they're calling um Fort Bell. I don't know where it's located, but it's in Fontaine Park. Okay, so you, you can just look, look at the, the remnant wall of this fort. We know this is old world, and, and we, we know, know this, this is pre-Civil War. Okay, so let's, so let's continue. continue. Okay, let me see, where are we at? Chow. now you know I'm done with them. them. With With this this prison prison stuff, right? They They can can go head on with it. it, Tell tell it to somebody that don't know no better. Prison? Really? Really, Really, bruh? You Uh, mean mean castle? You You mean castle? Castle? And And then they had the the nerve to call it it, uh, a St. Louis haunted haunted prison.
1: prison. Well, Well, I I guess if I was a... a,
0: uh, A soul hanging around that was just trapped and ticked off as something. And this used to be my castle. And y'all gonna sit up here and lie up a (laughs) My old crib, I probably hunted too. (laughs) And not only that, fam, you could could tell St. Louis was mud -flooded. flooded. Look at how this mansion slants. Down. So, so that, that lets me know that this goes down, down a lot further than what we even see. So this was repurposed. This wasn't no, no doggone prison,
1: prison. it, it was, was a castle. castle. So let's, let's continue.
0: continue. All right, where, where are we at? Chow, can y'all believe that this puppy is in Ozark?
1: When you think about Ozark, you think about
0: the beautiful nature place. Can y'all believe that this was an Oz this is in Ozark? And they calling it a hunted castle? Okay? Matter of fact, I think I see penitentiary. <laughs> On this edge up there.
1: And I still don't even believe it was a penitentiary.
0: It was probably repurposed as a penitentiary. And then you see uh, the uh, old street lights that's on it. And then you see these windows. I think bar windows and bars. That would make sense. Are are they bars or are they just, are they just windows? So, so they repurposed this building as a prison, prison. but it, it was, was originally, originally a castle family. family. Okay. okay. Now, now that's not, not to say that castles
1: didn't have
0: prisons underneath them because they did.
1: We know that from Europe.
0: When, when they was calling, and putting somebody in a dungeon. dungeon.
1: So, let's continue. All right.
0: So, I told y'all we was going to get into these hospitals. We saw pictures of hospitals being destroyed. So,
1: this is uh,
0: Normandy, Missouri. I don't know where that's at, fam. Hopefully, y'all in uh, St. Louis. Y'all know where it's at. Okay, clearly old world. Of course, this is an updated picture because you see the cars here. Okay, so let's continue. But, oh, before I go on, you see the old world tech with the antennas all over this puppy. So let's continue. This is the original of that same building, fam. You see how huge this thing is? Now, when I pulled this family picture, they called it an insane asylum back then. That wasn't no doggone insane asylum. Now, they may have repurposed it for a sane asylum at one point, which they was probably throwing people in here, the post-reset people in here. That remember how things used to be. And they was like, no, nah, you you crazy. That ain't that ain't the true history. You done lost your mind. But this is truly a castle. No mistakes about it. It is truly, truly a castle. Let me turn down this phone. It is truly getting on my nerves. Now, any other time. It's only, literally, only, 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 only when I am uh, recording. So, let me turn this down. Okay. So, you can see it, how huge this is. Okay. So, let's see. Stop here. I don't know what this is, fam. It looks like to me, leftover remnants from castles. Clearly old world. So if it was leftover remnants from castles or a castle, that means This area was flooded, right? Clearly it was flooded. So, let's continue. Okay, this is a St. Louis mansion once again. Okay. I don't know where that one's at. Um they're saying that this one is the oldest building on record. So this is that same um cracker uh mansion. Okay? So this is definitely pre-Civil War. Okay? Cuz remember when they told you at the museums Ruin photos that this was pre, I'm yeah that this was built. This Cracker Mansion was built during the Civil War. I said no, it wasn't. And then I showed, pull remember this picture, and they were saying this is one of the oldest buildings on record. So as I said, this uh, that Cracker Mansion was pre-Civil War. That story that they gave about it being built during Civil War was bogus. Okay, let's see what else is here. so that's just another uh St Louis building just real quick um does look like apartment buildings, and you can see at the on one side of this building it it has that um castle like structure thingy. I forget what you call those on the end, okay, so now. They're going to get into the slum surgery in St. Louis. So in other words, I found this really, really interesting. Let me make sure I'm recording. I found this interesting because this is showing how certain structures, old world structures remained. Others were torn down. But those areas became ghettos. So let's continue. Okay. So again, this just shows an area where stuff was just cleared out. All right. And I put a caption a leftover from resets, plural, multiple resets. Okay. So, this baby here, I'm not sure what time frame this period uh, was taken. Um, you know, he's living in these slums and he is one of the reset population. Okay. So, let's keep going here. Stop. And they're saying St. Louis Private Street. Okay, again, these two people are dressed pretty sharp to me, but okay, whatever. Uh, You see the streets still look a little muddy for my taste to be uh, having an electric car run through them, and you can see part of it where they have the brick pavement, okay, but you see the old world structure with this entrance. So this was a gated community, pretty exclusive. Okay, let's continue. Okay, so this is another Ozark Ozark Castle Remain, probably uh, the same structure that I showed earlier. Okay, but I just, again, found that fascinating that Ozark had castle structures in it. Clearly, clearly Old World family. Okay, so what else we got here? Okay, so this one uh, I just found, they were calling this, people just uh, put together a lot of odd building structures around St. Louis as they were traveling. Um you can clearly see this is the old world castle structure and somebody just built uh them a little shack next to it okay so you can see what they built next to it doesn't even compare to this old world architecture along with um even the the house right next to it, still doesn't compare to this one tower, Old World Tower, okay? All right, so let's see here. Okay, so they're saying here is the St. Louis State Capitol. I just want to point out again, you look up at top of the Capitol of the Dome, you see the metal ball that many are saying is Mercury with the antenna. So in other words, pulling energy from the ionosphere, natural energy to power the building. Okay? All right. So it just still trips me out how they have these very grand and scale structures, and you can see the old world technology, but right out in front, they gotta have this horse and carriage, it just don't match up for me. So let me keep going. All right, so this is another uh remember, and those um uh 1896 tornado pics, they showed the destruction of the Saint. Vincent Institute in uh, Wellston, Missouri. I think this, I don't know if this was a picture or postcard, but you see how grand this quote, quote, institute was, which was really a castle. And you see the antennas with the old world tech. Okay, let's see. All right, this is the St. Louis train station. Let's pause it on here. Okay, it looks like a castle to me. Okay, so let's just jump over. And I wanted to go over the St. Louis Union Station. Let me make sure I am recording. I am, that you can hear me rather. Um, let's see here. Let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, so this one, they are saying Union Station, St. Louis. Um, St. Louis Union Station is a National Historic Landmark train station in St. Louis, Missouri. At its 1894 opening... The station was large; was the largest in the world that had tracks and passenger service areas all on one level. Traffic peaked at 100,000 people a day um, in the 1940s. The last Amtrak passenger train left the station in 1978. Right, so if you all remember the Ohio... Uh, Union Station that we did, they tore that down in 1977, okay? So, I just find that highly coincidental. Seems like they were still all the way up to the 70s getting rid of old world buildings, okay? Because remember I told y'all in the 70s in grade school for me, I was in, um, being taught in the city of Chicago in old world school buildings, okay? Says, so in the 1980s, it was renovated as a hotel shopping center and entertainment complex, okay? So at least they didn't tear it down. The uh, 2010 and 20 saw more renovation and expansion of entertainment and office capacity. An adjacent station serves the light rail MetroLink red and blue lines, which run under the stations in the Union Station subway tunnel. The city's inner city train station sits a quarter mile to the south, serving MetroLink, Amtrak, and Greyhound. Okay, so let's just look at uh updated picture. It's it's really, really pretty. It really is. But it just, uh, it just always originally looked like a castle to me. Okay, but it's pretty. Okay, and I like the little fountain out, out front. You know, that's nice. Okay, so uh, here's a picture. It says... Union Station was the largest and busiest train station in the world in 1894. So I'm not sure when this picture was taken. Um, Okay, but it seems like an awful lot of people were looking at the cameraman. So was this a stage picture? Okay, well, whatever. Okay, so let there another one in here I wanted y'all to see. I think that's it. Okay, yeah, that's it. Okay, so I just wanted you all to uh, get the little history of Union Train Station. Okay, so let's get back to what we were doing, okay? But I'm sorry, the original use looked like a castle to me. All right, so let's go on. Okay, so that's just uh, another picture of it today. Okay, and we kind of saw that, right? And what else? Where are we going next? Okay, so this is another picture of it. Uh, This looks like the 50s, and I'm just basing this off of uh, this car right here. Probably after World War II, now that I think about it. So that would be the 40s, right? Yeah. Um, anyhow, because this is the parade. So this is just another view, and then you can see where uh it was a, a hotel there. But okay. still pretty. It's still very, very pretty. Okay, so let's continue. All right. So this is St. Louis Water Tower, uh, 1871. Okay. This tower is much older than what they are saying. So even in 1871, you see all of that mud surrounding this structure? This water tower structure, it don't match, right? So this old world structure is truly older than that tree. You see how much taller that old world structure is than that tree? So that means this old world structure outdates this tree, okay? So we don't even know all what was there in this particular spot, all right? And even in St. Louis today and what they're calling the hood, you still see um, a lot of what they're calling water towers that are really, really, really old. Okay, let's continue. Okay, what's next? Yeah, buddy, this is what I thought was next. Okay, so here, family, chow, Kansas City, Missouri, sub Okay, so an underground structure. So I don't know, family, what's this on top? I am assuming, now this is just me assuming, I don't know for sure. It's probably some type of castle structure on top, okay? All right, let's continue. Okay, because this is the last picture of them. Yeah, this is the last picture. This is the St. Louis subtropolis. When I pulled this picture, they said that Missouri has 55 million square miles of subtropolis space. Yes, not 55,000, 55 million square miles of subtropolis uh, or underground space. So you see these thick wall structures below. Definitely Old World you saw in the picture uh, before to me that was some type of huge castle and then the underground subtropolis now which is what they said, 55 million square miles. This one is in St. Louis. Now, um, you know, all honor and respect to Dr. Dilber Blair, the ancestor who, before he transitioned, used to do um, monthly conference calls. And a gentleman called in, and he would open up the the, the line for questions or whatever. So it was a, a truck driver, that called in, and some of you have heard me tell the story multiple times, but this story is for those of us or those of you who have not heard it before. Uh, the gentleman called in. He was a truck driver. He had to drop off a load in St. Louis, and it was in St. Louis at one of these subtropolis. And once he was he dro- He was uh, pulled into the subtropolis, And the folks had to unload the load. So he was walking around that underground structure when he said it was huge. So it makes sense if it is huge if they're saying there's 55 million square miles across Missouri. And so he said he uh, saw where they had part of it In the back, where you couldn't get to because they had metal doors closing it off, he said, and then in one part, he saw where they had built um, a glass office building um, on the front of, like, part of the underground structure, okay? Okay. And he said uh, the part that was closed off with the metal doors, honey, they had armed guards. So he said, of course, you know, he didn't go over to those areas. So he said he was still walking around because he said the place was huge. And he said he saw these huge canvases. So he said he lifted back the canvas and he saw huge OMAC heads. So, uh, he, I guess the people had finished unloading, whatever the case may be, or he had finished exploring all that he had access to and all of those canvases that he was, he was able to pull back. They were OMAC heads covered. Okay. So that means if they were OMAC heads covered, this subtropolis, now we're getting into the thousands Hundreds of thousands of years old. That's what we're getting into now. Okay? So meaning that OMAC Empire expanded far beyond South America. If he's in St. Louis seeing OMAC uh statues. So he uh, goes back and uh one of the guys said you know, how did you get to drop off this load? He said, we don't see many people like you down here dropping off loads. So the guy that was asking him, that was a white guy and uh, the truck driver was a black man. And he said, yeah, this is normally not one of my routes, but my co worker got sick. And so the white man was like, okay, you know, that explains it. So in other words, They don't just let anybody come down here in this area and drop off loads, okay? So, I can't remember if it was Dr. Dilber Blair or somebody else asked uh, the truck driver, what was he dropping off? And he said he was dropping off cheese. And to this day, I'm scratching my head. Cheese? I didn't get that. Okay, but as you can see with this this picture, with this subtropolis, you can see a truck coming through here, but make no mistake about it, this subtropolis, and I'm basing it off of that truck driver giving the account of seeing those OMAC heads, this is hundreds and thousands of years. Okay. All right. So, family, <clears throat> what you've witnessed, what we've just went through was clearly a reset. It was another reset. In 1897 with that cyclone/tornado to get rid of yet again those old-world structures and technologies, okay? There were, had to have been multiple resets in St. Louis as well. Okay? So something happened, family. Something happened between that Civil war time, because the population, it just doesn't match. Because they tell you millions of Africans, West African slaves were brought in to the Americas. Yet we can't find those records. We can't find the ship manifest of the millions of African slaves. And the records that we do find of slave trading, we're talking ship manifests we find those ships going from port to port in the Americas. So the account of millions of Africans coming as slaves from Africa from the 1600s up until the Civil War, it just does not match. The records don't match. Okay? Just like the population with white, people coming to the Americas do not match the slave narrative, meaning white Europeans bringing Africans from West Africa and enslaving them, millions of them. We don't see millions of Europeans coming over to the Americas In the 1600s up until the Civil War time. We don't see those ship manifests. But we do see ship manifests from Black Europeans coming over during those time frames. We don't see... Mass amount of white people coming to the Americas until the mid 1800s, post Civil War. So, mid 1800s, they started coming in, started getting heavier in the late 1800s, and then the 1900s, it got even heavier. So there is a mismatch in history. The white population is the reset population. Now what I don't understand and something had to happen with some high technology where the existing Civil War people, millions of people It's like that history almost like it was erased like what was going on during that time period because the narratives don't match the population/people don't match the technology and the buildings do not match The history, the way they are telling it to us, do not match. Because in between those time frames, you had war and I say resets. And when I say resets, I believe they were using some type of high-scale technology. I don't know if it was messing with people's memory. As well as that high-scale technology to start creating these weather disasters to create massive floods, mud floods, tornadoes, and then fires. And they kept doing these disasters and doing these wars to reset history, and the population. Okay? So by the time the World War II kicked around, the new narrative slash history had been set and the white population was fully in control. But they were not the original controllers. They are the reset population. And the whites that were around during the time of the 1600s through the Civil War time, which was very few of them, they were heavily connected. They were family members of the Black nobility elite, which were in power, okay? So this is yet another example. The 1896 Cyclone of St. Louis was just another reset family. So I hope this is finding you all well on this Wednesday. Uh, This is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Peace and love, family.